you have your copy of God's Word, if you please turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 14 be taking our text from tonight. Proverbs 14. I want to look at one verse of Scripture to be uh, verse number 12 of Proverbs 14. So Proverbs 14 and 12. And we'll begin reading there in just a moment. I would like to say it has been a pleasure and a joy to be here uh, today, both services. You have treated me and my wife just uh, spectacular. And uh, I can brag on, brag on you to Brother Jonathan when he gets back next week. And uh, don't tell him all the times I messed up. We just won't tell him, all right? Uh, but it is good to be here, and thank you so much for coming out on a Sunday night. There's a lot of places you could be tonight. And uh, I'm glad you're here in the house of the Lord. And uh, if you're able to stand, will you please stand the reading of God's Word? Proverbs 14 and 12. And here the Bible says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the reading of Your Word tonight. Thank You for this service we've had. Thank You for the good spirit we can feel. And Lord, right now, we just need You to preach for us and through us. God, keep us hidden now the way. Let You be seen. Lord, may we leave this service tonight realizing what a mighty God that we serve. For these things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Well, uh, further on in Proverbs, if you looked over in Proverbs 16 and 25, you're going to see a parallel text that is exactly like this one. Uh, 16 and 25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, anytime you see something in the Bible that's been repeated, you need to set up and pay attention because God's trying to get your attention. Uh, I know if I heard my name called uh, when I was a kid growing up, if my dad said, Hey, Byron, if, if I didn't respond, and I mean right, real fast, I'm going to hear, Byron, I'm going to hear it twice because he's trying to get my attention. And you better believe if he called my name twice, uh, I'm probably going to be on the end of that belt. <laughs> but uh, when you see something in the Bible, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. And everything in here is important. There's not one thing that's least important than anything else. But when you do see repetition, pay attention because God is trying to get your attention. And so this truth that He's given us, and by the way, the truth is in God's Word only. You're not going to find truth in the world. You're not going to find truth out here in the secular business world or, or anything like that. Even some man's book, you're not going to find pure truth in it. The only pure truth you're going to find is in God's Holy Word. It's perfect. It's infallible. There's not a mistake in here. And people will try to say, Brother Byron, now I come up on something that don't make a lot of sense. It don't, don't look like the same. And that. Well, listen, it's just because your little finite mind cannot comprehend it. This Bible's perfect. God does not make mistakes. There's no accidents in it. We just need to learn it. And we need to understand it and, and study it. And so one of the greatest truths in all Scripture that you're going to find is the fact that man's ways of thinking, man's ways of doing things... Are nothing like God's. Nothing like God's. We're completely different. God is spiritual. We're unspiritual people. And I mean, that, that's just the truth right there. If you took us out of this church setting and you put us somewhere else, I pray that we would be the spiritual people we should be. But I'm afraid our flesh, our carnal nature, a lot of times will take a hold of us and you'll find us being unspiritual out here in this world. God's not like that. He's spiritual. His spirit is perfect all the time. He's holy. He's righteous. And he's a three times holy God. But we're not. So we're different. God is sinless. Man is sinful. Sinful means you're full of sin. <laughs> we all sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes you. That includes me. The only sin, sinless person that's ever been on this earth is the Lord Jesus Christ when He was here in bodily form. 
No one else has ever been sinless. So, we're all sinful creatures. Therefore, we are unholy. We're fleshly. We're carnal. We're unrighteous. We're, we are, uh, we're all the opposite things of God. However, if you've been saved, you do have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. That part of you, that new creature inside of you is holy. He is uh, all these great things. However, your flesh will always have a hold of you. We will have to put up with this carnal, fleshly man that's inside of us. Even though we've been saved, there's a struggle. The Bible talks about the battle. The Apostle Paul tells us about it. About that, that battle between the old man and the, and the new creature and how it continues to go. Paul says, I, I'm doing the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I want to do. And he just he says, oh, sinful man that I am. Wretched man that I am. And so we've got to understand we're not like God. And so the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, that is pretty revealing about who we are. God says, listen, and He's not bragging. God is just stating the fact. He says, listen, my thoughts are not like yours, Mine's up here higher. They're holy. They're righteous. But yours is not. My ways, they don't resemble your ways. Your ways, you're always indulging in sin. Your, your flesh, your carnal nature is always trying to indulge you and entice you to sin. I'm not like that. My way is not like that. So we're completely opposite. And so what are God's thoughts? If His thoughts are not ours, what are His thoughts? Well, we find His thoughts a few places in the Bible. For, for instance, in Psalm 33 and 11, the Bible tells us the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, listen to this, the thoughts of His heart to all generations. And you're going to find, I'm going to read you about two more scriptures about God's thoughts, and you're going to find that there's something the same in all these scriptures. His thoughts are not like ours where we think of us. That's usually our main thought is us, me, myself, I. I mean, who do you get up and look at in the mirror every morning? You. What do you do? You make sure you look right and perfect and everything. You make sure your teeth brushed, I hope so, and your hair's combed and all that. I think mine's combed. Uh, but we pay attention to us. We want to make sure our needs are met, and that's the first thing we think of because we're selfish. God's not like that. In fact, here we find that God's thoughts, the thoughts of His, it says His heart. His heart. And we say, well, I thought God was formless. He's a spirit. No one's ever seen God. I mean, He's just a, a spirit, right? Yes, but the Bible speaks of attributes like it does of a human being when it refers to God's heart. That's His inner being. That means that's who He is down inside. That is what makes God up. And His heart is to all generations. All generations. Did you get up this morning and think of all generations? Did you get up today and think about all those, those lost people out there in the world? I wish I could tell them about Jesus. Did you? I, maybe you did. I'll just tell you right now, I didn't get up thinking that. I got up thinking, man, I hope the coffee's ready. <laughs> that's what I got up thinking about. Because I, that's the, the way I am. I, I, and you can honestly say tonight, it's, your thoughts are mostly about yourself. Listen to what it says in Psalm 40 and 5. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done. And here it is. And thy thoughts which are to usward. To usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. 
If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than could be numbered. Here the psalmist is saying, God, You're always thinking about us. Your thoughts are, are usward. For God so loved the who? The world. He was thinking of the world. He's thinking of usward. It didn't say, for God so loved Himself. It said, for God so loved the world. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. This is God speaking. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you an expected end. God has an expected end for us. And His expected end, like I said earlier today, it is not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God does not want anyone to go to hell. Sadly, there will be many in hell. There's many in hell. That's not His will though. He doesn't want you to be there. If you go to hell, it's because you made the decision to go to hell. It's all on you if you go to hell. Because that's not God's will. And His thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace. They're not of evil. Now I know He's speaking of Jeremiah here, the prophet to Judah, and all the things that was going on during the Babylonian captivity time and, and all this, but... Listen, this still applies the way God's thinking. He thinks about us. And so all these verses I just read, God is thinking of us. He's thinking of every generation. And He thinks about us so much that we can't even number the thoughts that He has of us. Now, in the Bible, in John 3 and 16, I just said, for God so loved the world. We can't comprehend how much God loves us and how deep His love is. Our love is just we just we can scratch the surface of our love and then we can see right through it. You'll never see through God's love. It's uh, it's everlasting. It's unending. You cannot get down and and finally find the end of God's love because there is no end to it. It's always there. Listen to this in Zephaniah three seventeen: The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in His love. He will joy over thee with singing. The Lord God of heaven actually looks and thinks about us and thinks of, of all of us and He looks at us with peace and not evil and, and He even rejoices over us with singing. Can you imagine hearing the Lord sing? What a beautiful sound that must be. I mean, we, we pale in comparison to what the song of Jesus would be. The song of God. What it would be. What He sings over us. But what about us? What about man? Well, we've already said we're, we're self-centered. We are uh, thinking of ourselves. You know, what makes me happy? Uh, what can I do to better myself? You know, these, these, these crazies on TV, the, the televangelists get up there and say, if you'll just trust Jesus, everything's going to be okay. You'll make money. You'll be rich and all this stuff. Those guys are wolves. That's not what the Bible teaches. Lord Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. And so he, nowhere in the Bible you're going to find that if we trust in Jesus, we're going to become rich. Or you're going to have a big home and a house and a big car. It's not in there. And so don't listen to those guys. But listen, we were conceived. We're self-absorbed. It's me, myself, and I. Those are our thoughts. They're not God's thoughts. He's not thinking of him. He's thinking of you. Psalm 94 and 11, the Bible says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. Vanity. Now we all know that, that, that famous verse, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. We know that. Vanity means vain, empty, and useless is what that word means. 
That is what all of our thoughts are. They're vanity. They're vain. They're useless. They're foolish. They're empty. Man thinks he's smart. I mean, you get there are some really smart people today, okay? They've got high IQs. Uh, I've never took one of those tests. I'm sure I appeal to all these real smart men. Okay, I know there's men with the great intellect. But listen, that is not what we're talking about tonight. Man's thoughts, man can only go so far. You see, man can invent things. I mean, how many things has been invented in your lifetime? I remember when the microwave oven came out. I'm, I'm that old. I'm 54. And I remember when the microwave oven came out, and the first thing we wanted to do was get a hot dog and cook in it, because we'd always heard, all you got to do is put a hot dog on a bun with a piece of cheese and put it in the microwave, and about a minute later, you've got it, something to eat. And we were so excited about that. And we bought one. It was a used one. Uh, I think we got it from the Bargain Mart. And we brought it home, and that, sure enough, it was about this big that, back then. I mean, they were huge. And put that thing in there and turn And by the way, if you open the door, it was still running. Uh, they didn't have the safety switches back then. If you open the door, the thing kept running. If you put your hand in, you get microwave. But uh, we would cook something in there, and we thought, man, this is the best thing ever. But you know what? There was nothing that ever came out of a microwave that tasted like mom's home cooking. That cooking that took time, that she developed, that she took took the recipes and, and the flour and, and, the, and the, the lard and, and everything and mixed together and made biscuits and gravy and said, you didn't get that out of the microwave. Not anything worth eating. But man invented has invented great creations and things like that. But the Bible says that our thoughts that we have are vain. Mark 7, 20-23 says, And he said, That which cometh out of a man that defileth a man, for... For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. I believe I mentioned that verse this morning. It's not what's on the outside that defiles you. It's what comes from the inside. Down in the recesses of our heart. If you remember when Ezekiel looked through that hole in the wall... And, and God revealed to him all those things that was in the, his temple. They were, they were worshiping the false idols in that temple. And how he talked about that. And he said, oh, son of man, look at these abominations, these greater abominations. Because those things that they were thinking within their mind, their carnal mind, they were displaying on the walls and they were bowing down and worshiping false idols. That's about how good man is. The children of Israel, who God said, I am your God and you are my people. And you shall have no other gods before me. That's what He told them, the very first commandment. And they said, yes, sir, that's right. Amen, we believe that. We will never worship anything, anybody other than you. Turn right around and bow down to Baal. Turn right around and bow down to a... Do you know they made a lot of those little idols out of, out of manure? Manure. Dung. They made a lot of those idols out of that. They would take that and place it up and say, that is our God. And they would bow down to a piece of manure instead of God. That's how good man is. And so here we see our thoughts are much different than God's. Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. And the Bible listed 12 other sins there that, uh, that was the, because of our thoughts. I told you this morning, there are many uh, sins that are thought sins. A majority of our sins are thoughts that we have. And so we need to be very careful on how we 
what goes into our mind, what goes in our ears, what goes into our eyes, what we see and what we listen to. Those things, when they get inside of us and we dwell on those things and start thinking about those things, then we get defiled from our own thoughts and heart inside of us. So that is why when you're growing up and your parents say, you don't need to be watching that right there. Turn that filth off. We don't want that in our home. And kids will think, they're so mean to me. My, my friends all watch this. They, they let my friends watch this. My, they don't care. Well, it's the, because we don't want that going in you and seeing that and defiling you. And, and listen, you would think after all these years that man would have evolved into something greater. You know, they're always talking about evolution and how things evolve. How crazy is that? They expect us to believe that. And yet they, they claim that what we believe in creation, that God created this, this world just by simply speaking it. They, they claim that that cannot be proven. How can they prove what they're saying? I've never seen anything that's evolved like they claim has evolved. And neither have they. And so you would think that man would eventually have gotten smarter. Uh, like I said, men have come up with inventions and, and created things. But... Listen, we fall far short of what God's thoughts are and God's ways, His ways. In our opening text, again in Proverbs fourteen twelve, it said, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, the problem is that in our minds it seemeth right. Well, it seems to me that that ought to be right. We've got a lot of crazies out there today that seem to think a lot of things are good. That a lot of things ought to be okay. That a lot of things ought to be legal. And so what do they do? They get a bunch of other sinners together and they all say, well, it seems to me you're right. seems to me that ought to be legal. Let's pass laws and make that legal. Well, it seemed right, but it's not right. Because God said it was an abomination. It seems it ought to be this way, but it, it isn't. It seems this is the best thing, but it's not. It's the worst. It seems like I ought to do this or I ought to do that, but you ought not to. The lost sinner seems to think that they should be able to do some kind of work to get to heaven. You can't. The Pharisees thought the same thing. The Lord told them they were their father the devil. The father of all lies. They didn't even know him. They said, he told them if, if you knew my father, you would know me. They didn't know him. They didn't belong to him. They belonged to the devil. But man seems to think, well, I can do this. I can give this an offering plate. I can do this amount of work for the church. And, and I'm assured my way into heaven. The Roman Catholics are all out there trying to do work to get to heaven. They ain't going to make it unless they receive Christ as their Savior. They ain't going to make it. The sodomite, they like to think, you know, it seems to them that they should give in to their animal lust and desires. It's not what God says. God says, no, that's an abomination. That's not right. The drug addict, they seem to think another pill is going to help them. Another shot. An, an, another uh, whatever, a snort. They seem to think that's what they need, but they don't need that. They do not need that. The end thereof is the way of death. It's what the Bible says. To the alcoholic, they think another drink is what, what is needed. It seems to me that another drink is what I need. Another sip is what I need. Another bottle is what I need. It seems to me that's what I need. But the Bible says the ends of that are death. It's death. To the religionist. It seems to me that I should dress a certain way and talk a certain way and act a certain way. And, you know, that's what counts. That's what God looks like. No, God looks at the heart. 
It may seem to you like that's the way it ought to be, but that is not what God says because the end thereof are the ways of death. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 and 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. So our own thoughts, our own minds, our own ways are nothing but foolish. So anytime you get to thinking, well, you know what? This is what I think. Before you do that, open the Bible and see what God said about it. And if God doesn't agree with it, it's not right. Because our way is foolish. That's why we're told in Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't lean into your own understanding, because your understanding is is not right. (laughs) That's what the Bible's telling us. Not only are our thoughts not God's thoughts, but our ways are not God's ways. Again, we see that in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. I've already read it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That word ways means your manner, your habit, your customs, what you do. You know, oh, that's just the way that He is. That's the way the person acts. That's the way she is. Because, you know, that's their custom. That's how they act, you know. And somebody said, now, you know, she's going to get mad. Yeah, I know, that's the way she is. She's going to get mad. So, our ways are not like God's ways. In our opening text, in Proverbs 14 and 12, it said, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, if our way is not the right way, and our way leads to death, what are we going to do? What should we do? Well, that one's easy. That one's so easy. We should go God's way. Now, we find God's way in His Word. Let's look at it quickly. We'll be finished here in a minute. Deuteronomy 8 and 6 says, Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. So the ways of the Lord, He wants us to walk in His ways and to fear Him. Well, there are, of course, ten commandments that we all know about. They're in Exodus chapter 20. I've already mentioned that first one about not having any idols. I've mentioned it twice today at least. But there's, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord God, thy God, in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And thou shalt not covet. All of those are God's ways. They're not man's ways. That's the reason He had to put the commandments in there because He knew our way was the opposite of that. And He said, listen, this is what I want you to do. Not what you want to do. Not what you think seems right, but what I say is right. You're not going to do these things. These are my commandments. There are many more commandments in the Bible besides the ten. Anytime God says to do this or do that, that is a commandment. And we're not to break those. So, such as loving our neighbor as our own self. Again, who did you look at in the mirror today? Who did you make sure got breakfast this morning? Was it your neighbor or you? It was you, wasn't it? I did. I had sausage, biscuit, and egg. And coffee. I didn't go over and ask my neighbor if he had anything to eat. I thought of myself first. So, All these things here are God's ways, but sadly they're far from our way. If you look in the newspaper today, you're going to find that our way is not working out. Our way is terrible. Man's ways are nothing like God's. The world's full of murder, abuse, 
fornication, adultery, hatred, theft. All these things are man's ways. But God's ways are holy and they're perfect and they're righteous and they're true. His way leads to righteousness. Our way leads to, the Bible says, death. Death. But we say sin leads to my satisfaction. If I do that right there, that is going to satisfy me. No, it may for a season. But I want you to know once that sin has been committed, uh, that sin leads to death. That sin is going to make you miserable. That sin is going to make you sick. If you're a Christian today, that sin should be making you sick to yourself. You should not be feeling good about it. When you sin, if you're a Christian and you sin and it doesn't bother you, there's a problem. Because the Holy Spirit's inside of you saying, ah, 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 don't you do that. And you're saying, I'm going to because I, it's going to make me happy. And the Holy Spirit's saying, no, it won't. You think it will, but it won't. And we give in. God's ways are to reconcile, but our way is to run from Him. What happened? Get her conviction. I'm running from God. <laughs> I'm going to hide from God. I'm not going to church. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not listening to gospel music. I sure ain't answering the phone when my brother or sister from church calls me. I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. Because you're guilty. God's ways are to reach out to the poor, those out there that's destitute, but our ways is to look at them like, boy, they, scum. I, I, our office is downtown Knoxville on Gay Street. I walk by homeless people. We're working from home right now, but when we work at the office, I walk by homeless people every day. A lot of them are out there because they don't want to work, but a lot of them are out there because they've hit hard times. A lot of them are hurting. And I, I've watched the attitudes of people out there on the sidewalks of Knoxville downtown. Some people walk by those bums and they'll turn their nose up or they'll... You know, something, I can see them scooting away. We don't want to get over there by that guy. He might do something to us. He might be nasty. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's, I've got a big sucker on my head. Every time they come to me, I, I believe them. I believe them. Well, my, you know, my mom is, is in the hospital in Louisville, Kentucky, and I need $7.98 to go see her. And I'm like, you know, I'm reaching around trying to find money. <laughs> I know they're not going there to see anybody. I had the same guy give me the same story like four times over a course of you know four or five months. He didn't go nowhere. He's just wanting some money. But listen, it's got nothing to do with it. What, what, what matters is the way that God sees people. If we could ever see people the way God sees people, His thoughts toward us are not evil. They're peace. Why can we not look at somebody and say, that brother is struggling. I, don't, I, I may not be able to help him. I don't have all that much money. I can't help him or anything, but I can pray for him. Lord, help that man. I, I don't know what he's going through. God's ways, though, are to send His only begotten Son. But what's our way? Give us Barabbas. This Jesus, what about what, this Jesus? He's not done anything. I can't find He's done no wrong. Crucify Him! That's our way. And you may say, well, I wasn't there, Brother Byron. No, if you would, you've been there in that crowd saying, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Because that's man's ways. That's not God's way. God said, I'm sending my son just so you can murder him so that you can be saved. I'm sending my son, Jesus, my only begotten son, because I love you that much. And you can't be saved unless he comes and makes a sacrifice for you. Because he's a 
the unspotted, unblemished, holy Lamb of God. And His blood is the only blood that, that can save man. So I'm sending Him to you. What would we do? You're not getting my son. <laughs> I wouldn't give you my son. You'd give me $2 billion. I wouldn't give you my son. Ain't no way. That's our way. Not God's. God's ways are mercy. We're merciless. We, I mean, we want people's mercy, but when it comes to ourselves, we're saying, yeah, well, good luck with that. Yeah? Turn with me, please, over to Genesis 11, 1 through 9. I'll hurry along. I know I'm taking a little time here. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. The Bible says, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And we're all familiar with this story. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found in the plain in the land of Shinar, uh, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a, a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Do you see that? They've imagined this in their mind. God didn't put this on their heart. They didn't know them say, you know what, God laid it on my heart to build a big tower so we can go up to heaven and worship Him. That wasn't their intention. Their intention for building this tower was so that they could be exalted above all. They were to be above God. They, they thought that they would be their own gods. They could reach up into heaven and say, look at us, God. Look at us. Ain't nobody going to outdo us. We're the best. We're the biggest. God said they've imagined this. Go to, verse 7, let us go down and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Listen, to the inhabitants of earth that day, it seemeth right to us that we should build this tower up into the heavens. It seems right to us. We've imagined it. We've thought it. Now we're going to do it. We have the power. We have the prestige. We have the money. We have the ability. We can do this and we're going to. And God says, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> no. I can see them that day. God confounded their language. And Brother Mordecai was going over here to Brother... Well, whoever, and he, he's suddenly he's saying, blah, 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 blah. and he's like, hmm. yeah. and this guy out here is saying something else, and they're all confounded. They don't know what in the world they're doing, so what do they do? I'm out of here. They all split. They were scattered all over the place. That's how our languages came by, by the way. Uh, but have you ever wondered what would become of us if God just left us up to our own accord? What would, what would happen? We would die. We wouldn't last even a hundred years. Do you want to know why? Because two men can't procreate. Two women can't procreate. What do we say? Well, it seems right to me that two men ought to get married. <laughs> seems right to me two women ought to get married. How are they going to have children? Within 100 years, we'd all be dead. That's because that's our way. What God say? Marriage between one man and one woman. That's how he established marriage. 
And so God's way is not our way. If we had our way with it, we would all be dead. And so that's what would happen if we, if God just gave us over to our own selves. It's obvious that if we left that way, we would destroy ourselves because we're so smart that we're dumb. And so we've all heard about all the bad stuff. Proverbs fourteen twelve: There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I've drove it, and I've drove it, and I've drove it. You understand it, you know it. So, what's the good news? Well, the good news is, God does so love the world. God did send His only begotten Son. Jesus did hang on the cross on Calvary. We sung that song, I've been to Calvary. Because Jesus hung on that cross of Calvary, shed every drop of His blood to save sinners like you and me. To save those who it seemeth right unto us. To save those with vain imaginations. To save those that said, send us out Barabbas and kill this Jesus. To save everyone. God did that. That's the good news. The bad news is we're lost sinners bound for hell. The good news is we don't have to be. Because the Lord sent Jesus here to save us. Now I want to ask you this morning, what ways is it that you're living in? What is the way that seemeth right unto you? If God peered down into your soul, into your heart, into the false recesses of your mind, are the ways that seem to you, are they right ways? Or are they more like God's ways? Has there ever been a time when the Holy Spirit came to you and convicted your heart and showed you you were lost? Has there ever been a time when you said, God, I know I'm a lost sinner and I can't save myself and I need to be saved? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross and been saved? I pray tonight that each one of you have. If you have not, if none of that has ever happened to you, you are lost as lost can be. You are hell bound. You're going to split hell wide open. You're going to hell with a pedal down right now if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. I can't be any more plain than that. The Bible is very clear. Without believing in Jesus Christ, we will go to hell. But you don't have to. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die... But after this, the judgment. Make no mistake about it, friend. Each one of us will close our eyes in death one time. And when we open those eyes afterwards, we're going to be in one place or the other. We're not the Roman Catholics that think they're going to go down there to a place called purgatory that's not even in the Bible and get prayed out or pay a priest to get somebody out. That's not going to happen. You're going to heaven or you're going to hell. If you believed in Jesus as your Savior, you'll go to heaven. If you have not, you're going to hell. That's as plain as I can be tonight. I'd like to give an invitation. If you please stand, I want to pray. And as I'm praying, if you need to come to this altar for any reason, whether it be for salvation, backslidden condition, something you're dealing with and you need help from the Lord, you come down the altar as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, we come to You tonight. Lord, we preached Your Word. We've done all we can do. God, we know our ways are not Your ways. Your ways are higher than ours. Your thoughts are higher. And God, we know that. You've proved it from Your Word. We've proved it from our actions. But God, I'm asking tonight for that individual that may be here tonight that needs help. Lord, they may be struggling. God, they may be lost tonight. Lord, they need to be saved. Lord, You're convicting their heart and telling them they need to be saved. Lord, if there's one, 
Would you please lead them to this altar, Lord? Let us show them from your word how they can be saved. Lord, if there's one that's backslidden that needs help, Lord, if there's one that's struggling tonight that needs help, would you lead them to the altar, Lord, and let us pray with them? Help us tonight, Father. Lord, we can't do it without you. In Jesus' name. singing that song. Thank you for your good attention tonight. Please pray for all those that are struggling tonight with all the things that, that bother us. We've all got problems. And uh, pray. Pray. 
The fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth my me. The Lord listens to our prayers. Cast them on Him. All your burdens. Well, it has been a pleasure to be here today. I pray that we'll have this opportunity again sometime to come out here and preach and to be with you guys. And I know Brother Jonathan, he's, he's always good to, to ask me to come. And uh, you keep praying for him. Pray for these other names, uh, Jimbo Duncan, Edith Wilkin, um, these that's been in the hospital and the nursing homes, um, this uh, Sherman with the tumor that, that came home, uh, Brother Harold that's here tonight, uh, Mary's husband Jim, um, Brother Russell is here tonight. Keep praying for him. Um, these sisters with the surgery, one with the cancer. Um, pray for these that are lost that uh, has been uh, speaking of. Keep praying for Brother Jerry and his kids and grandkids. Uh, praying for those that has the babies that are coming. And I probably missed something. I don't know. But uh, is there anybody else I need to add, add to this prayer list tonight? Oh, I'll remember this. What, what's your first name so I can know? Her first name. Your first name, Rita. Rita. Pray for Sister Rita's children. These she's mentioned tonight. Somebody else tonight. All right. Anyone else? Well, it's been a good day in God's house. And uh, don't drop this message off at the door on your way out. Take it out there with you and share it. And uh, try to be an ambassador for Christ this week. Are all hearts and minds clear tonight? Uh, In fear of the Lord, we're separated.